Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book. I'm a registered dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal story of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today, my conversation is with Adria Husset, who is currently the nutrition expert and registered dietitian for the National Pork Board. This ambitious woman is also a new mom and newly certified as a personal trainer. Today's episode is sponsored by Jolly Time Healthy Pop Popcorn, where my guest and I get to snack smart and snack happy with Jolly Time Popcorn. If you'd like to learn more information about this perfect snack, visit jollytime.com. Make sure to check out my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What? It is available for purchase at annelizabethrd.com. And it is also available as an ebook on Amazon and on iTunes. Adria took a little different route to being a dietitian. She wasn't quite sure what she wanted to do in college, and she got a business degree. With strong family ties to health in the medical field, she always found the human body amazing and knew working in the medical field was in her future. After working in marketing research, she decided her love for the human body and food, except for lima beans, was her future and became a registered dietitian. In her current job with the National Pork Board, she has successfully combined business and dietetics and is enjoying becoming a new mom and certified personal trainer. Please enjoy my conversation with Adria. Anyway, so I, again, I'm super excited you're here today and I'm super excited that you are willing to talk to me about just your your journey as a registered, registered dietitian, <laughs> which I know is probably a little bit in my head, I'm like, it's really not that exciting. <laughs> I, and you know, a lot of you guys say that. You're like, oh, it's just not that exciting. But there's a lot of things that get you to your yeah, point where you are today. Exactly. So let's go back. And when did you kind of think you wanted to be a dietitian and when you wanted to um, work in this field? Gosh. So are we like recording? Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> we are, are we, recording. Are we on the air? You should have warned me. Um, so I started college in 2000 and it's one of those things where it's like, I don't really know what I want to do. You know, you just go to college and start taking general courses. And I was really interested in the medical field. So I started doing business major and then taking, you know, like pre-med classes at the same time. Oh, you did both. Mm -hmm. What kind of, when you think about business and medical, like how did that I mean, is there something that you were looking for? Just kind of cover. Well, it's both one of those bases? things where it's always good to have a business background, like even you know, as a health professional, in case someday you know you run your own private practice or something. It's always good to have that business knowledge, and I kind of got that from my dad. He's um, he's a business guy, but he's also a veterinarian. You know, he runs his own practice, mm-hmm. so he says, if you don't know what you want to do, you know, a business degree is always good to have. So that's kind of how I went because I didn't know if like the medical field was really what I wanted to do, I just knew I was really interested in, you know, something with science and the human anatomy body always really interested me. So, um, I got my business degree. I did a lot of biology and chemistry classes and then decided I just needed, just needed a break, you know, been in school, um, for four years. And so I actually got a job doing, um, market research, um, for Maytag. And so, I did the laundry division, which actually, <laughs> I know it sounds super exciting, right? But um, no, that's, I had it's no actually kind of interesting because I would work with the engineers on prototypes for washers and dryers and do like focus groups. So something as simple as, you know, moving a button or a dial here or there, you know, really changed how people, you know, liked where they saw in their washers or dryers. So really, I know. <laughs> right? no, that's right. Where did you go to school, by the way? Um, so Iowa. I got Iowa. my business degree from Iowa. Okay. Yeah. University of Iowa. And so out of school, you got the job with Maytag. Yep. So I worked there for a year, and then um, they actually got bought out by Whirlpool, which is in Michigan, and I just didn't have a desire to move to Michigan. And so part of the severance package was, um, there was a bunch of different options, but two, they'd pay for two years of school. And so I'd been toying with the idea of going back to school, but again, you know, like, I don't want to get into debt and this sure. and that. Yeah. And, you know, just the time commitment, but this was kind of a no-brainer. It's like Maytag here is going to pay for it. I'd already had so many of my science classes done from doing pre-med that, that all so I smart that all I had to that. do was like two years. It worked out perfect of core nutrition classes. And since I lived in Des Moines, I just commuted to um, Iowa State, you know, Ames every day for two years, and um, 
you know, did my core nutrition classes, um, graduated from there in 2008, and then moved to Florida to do my residency for a year at Florida Hospital. And so um, that was actually a really great internship because it gave me not only so much hands-on, but I really got to dabble in different things from, you know, it was mainly, the main focus is clinical. So I would always be in the hospital, but I'd also get, they had like an amazing bariatric um, outpatient um, facility, um, which in celebration. So, you know, you're kind of like, it's not Disney, but it was just like this beautiful campus. And it was just a really good experience, you know, because I knew I wanted to do something with outpatient or community. I just wasn't sure at that point. I knew clinical definitely wasn't for me. Was it was just hard. It was just too clinical? monotonous and people like dreaded seeing you. And so after like a year of being like, oh, the food police, you're like, well, this isn't why I went into dietetics. Like originally I wanted to, you know, work with people, mainly like kids or sports or something. I knew just, you know, something where people were looking forward sure, they to, wanted to seeing see me you. and, yeah. you know, having my <laughs> advice and instead of dreading, like, oh, what am I not going to be able to eat today? What is she so. going to take away from it? How did you choose to go to Florida? I mean, when you were applying for your internships, mm-hmm. how did you choose Florida? Um, essentially because I got rejected from everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, what happened was it was like summer. I'd started nannying and um, – you know, I would just convince I'd just get a, you know, just get a job and then apply next round. And so I don't even remember how it happened. I think Ann Oldham is, um, uh, she's at Iowa State, my advisor. She, like, called me up. And she's like, you'd be perfect for this. Someone dropped out of this Florida um, internship, and they're looking for applicants. And so I was like, okay. So I just turned in my application. I think they had, like, 30-some. And so a couple weeks later, I got a call from... Um, it's actually St. Andrews, which is in Michigan, but the internship, um, is it for distance? Yeah, it was distance learning. So they shipped me off to Florida. So I got accepted. And so I had like a couple weeks to like pack up and move to Florida. It was insane. So tell me about that. Were you like so nervous? Super nervous. Sure. I'm moving from Iowa to Florida, like (laughs) in two weeks, I literally found my apartment like online and just (laughs) crossed my fingers and prayed. It wasn't, you know, like not. (laughs) <laughs> livable. <Yeah. laughs> so they had a good secured, secured system. And you know you're only going to be there for, you know, just a, just less than a year. So you don't need, you know, a whole, a lot. A whole yeah. apartment. So I packed up my little two-door Honda, <laughs> whatever I could drove fit in there with the dog. And we drove down to Did you have Orlando. Yeah, Daisy May. Daisy May. <laughs> drove down to Orlando, Florida. And, um, yeah, set up shop for about 10 months. And, um. I remember being there, you know, when it got cold back here and be sitting at the pool and I'm like, this doesn't feel right. You know, it should be snowing should and be, like yeah. day like today, it's negative 25. So there would be like 80. So yeah. So but you're, it, you're happy that you did that. Experience. Yeah, it was a great experience. Um, like I said, just the different rotations and the hands on learning. I feel like I learned so much. They actually let us go in and like watch procedures and things like that. Oh, did they? Like, did you see anything very, like, really interesting? Yeah, different um, bariac surgeries. Uh-huh. And um, they'd like scope and scope for older people to see if they were um, aspirating and things like mm-hmm. that. I don't know. It was just really neat. They really let you you know, kind of dig in and really do as much or as little as you wanted. And so I found that really interesting. I always recommend that internship to people. Do you? What's the name of the internship? It's St. Andrews. um, And you said it's based out in Michigan. mm -hmm, And it's a Seventh-day Adventist school. Okay. And so, um, you know, they don't eat meat or caffeine or alcohol. So it's actually, like, really strict. But, um, you know, I was the girl from Iowa that ate meat. So (laughs) (laughs) they didn't hold it against me. But um, it was kind of interesting not only that, but the whole hospital um, was that way. Even their food they would cook was all vegetarian. But it's funny because um, a lot of it was fried, so it's like okay. So it's like fried vegetables, fried, <laughs> fried tofu, <laughs> fried vegetables. Yeah, and so part of my job when I was there as an intern is um, kind of reworking that cafeteria food and stuff for the doctors. Um, make it a little more healthy. So uh, that was kind of fun. That would be fun. Having input on that. And we did a lot of work with like the community, um, you know, food pantries and schools and stuff like okay. that. So yeah, I loved it. I got to dabble in a I lot, um, but I was definitely ready to come, come home. Um, I guess I'm a farm girl. Iowa at heart. <laughs> I <laughs> missed my seasons. <laughs> yeah. So moved back to Iowa. Um, actually started working at WIC, 
the Women, Infants, and Children Commodity Program and then studied for um, boards. At the same time. At the same time. That's that's always, I feel like, I always recommend that job, first job to people too. It's a good first job. You can like get your hands in there, start working right away, and then they are really good about letting you, you know, study um, and be able to um, work towards getting, you know, taking boards and working at the same time. So I was there just under a year um, after I passed boards, started, I was all over central Iowa. So Ames and would travel all over to the oh, little counties in Iowa working. Sure. Um, I just like 10 months, I think. And then um, a gal who I'd worked with randomly had emailed me this job at the National Pork Board. It, she's like, it sounds like it's just up your alley because it has part marketing um, and part, you know, dietetics. And so I applied and I didn't hear anything for like months. And so I just assumed because it was... You know, I thought maybe it was out of my league or, you know, sure. I just have enough experience. But uh, months later, I got a phone call and an interview. And I guess the rest is history because I've been there <laughs> seven years now. So, so you've been at the pork board for seven years. Yeah, National Pork Board. And so part of my job there is half, a lot of it is working with um, dietitians, but also doing human nutrition research. I'm not actually conducting the research, but, you know, finding um, PIs to do the research. And so that's a really interesting part of the job is writing the request for proposals based off what our research priorities are for the year and budget, of course. Um, and then being able to f- help fund some of these really neat research projects. And then the other half is marketing not only to consumers, but then educating health professionals on, you know, like the health profile pork or the research that we have out there um, based off, you know, lean, fresh pork. Did you, when you were thinking about being a dietitian, obviously you have that business background Mm -hmm. too. So how do you feel like that played into your current role with the pork board? Yeah. So it's actually kind of interesting or a neat concept because there is kind of a lot of marketing to the point where, you know, for example, when we have a research project published, um, you know, in a peer reviewed journal, nobody wants to read that, you know, like technical (laughs) science, you know, some people read the headline or maybe, you know, like sometimes we even just read the abstract and conclusion to kind of get the gist of it. So Mm -hmm. I might take that and turn it into some kind of, um, you know, fact sheet or consumer handout that's easily readable or very visual graphic. For example, the dash, dash diet, we did, um, uh, research because for the most part, when you health professionals think of dash, um, they think of like chicken or fish. And so we did lean pork um, in replacement or in replacement of chicken or fish. And it had just the same results of, you know, lowering the blood pressure and, um, you know, mm. the biomarkers and whatnot. And so we just turned, I turned it into a fact sheet. You know, of course, my graphics people, you know, downstairs made it pretty. <laughs> made it pretty. <laughs> Actually made it look way awesome. And so that's an example of kind of using the marketing side as, you know, how would I turn this into what consumers want to see or hear and, um, you know, make it more visually appealing and picking out the right kind of, not, I don't want to say buzzwords, but, you know, so it relates and um, relates to what they, you know, are looking for. So, and then of course, dietitians can use it too um, when they're educating clients or, you know, for example, retail dietitians and with so much, you know, I guess, attention around the DASH diet kind of be the gold standard of eating lately. Um, It has been. That's just kind of one example of how you have to take this, like, technical, you know, science stuff and turn it into an easy, readable, you know, or fact sheet or, you know, some kind of graphic or something, something online, you know. Yeah. So you you have a very uh, interesting position because you don't actually, there's no counseling with patients. You've done that with your WIC. So right. now that you've kind of went, you did WIC for 10 months mm-hmm. and then you've been at the pork board. What, how is the transition between a job like that and a job that you currently have? Yeah. I do miss the like interaction of the consumers one-on-one, but, um, I guess indirectly, not only through the research, but then education of the health professionals who are then turning around and educating clients, I guess. So it's like, I one removed from the consumers. Um, I do miss the aspect of, you know, that one-on-one interaction and kind of watching someone progress to their goals. I do miss that where I had that with the, um, you know, pregnant um, WIC people or the Mm -hmm. little kids, you know, so um, I do miss that aspect, but 
I do find it interesting that I get to do a little more hands-on with the research and a little more science background, I suppose. Sure, sure. Well, and then just in a business setting, too. Obviously, yeah. you've always had, like, a love for business back in, back before you even started <laughs> this. So yeah. do you ever feel like you didn't make the right decision by going from a business kind of a job into dietetics, or was it always – it really fulfilled your passion by yeah. doing this? Yeah, um, so when I was doing my, you know, market research at Maytag, I enjoyed that job, but I just knew I I missed like the science and the whole kind of, you know, what am I trying to say? Just like the science aspect, you know, I really always found, you know, the human body so amazing and appealing. It's like, I just wanted to work more with that and mm-hmm. have some kind of something in the medical field. I just didn't know what it was. And course I've always been obsessed with food so it's like <laughs> you love food why, why not make a, a career out of it and so no I knew for sure I knew for sure dietetics is really what interested me and it's just one of those things that just keeps evolving you know as your career evolves and your life evolves and your interests kind of change it's um there's always going to be you know a next step and what interests me and I really do want to um you know at some point work with you know, the consumers or um, just, you know, even on the side working with clients or something just to see that progression of whatever their goals are, whether it's athlete and endurance or, you know, weight loss or just eating healthier or, you know, getting stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, in May, I obtained my um, certified personal training certificate. So I'd really you like did. to watch, you know, or not watch, but get back to working with people so I can watch them meet their goals, whether you know, it's with food or, you know, exercise or something. So yeah, I think I miss that interaction, direct interaction with um, people sometimes. Because probably how much of your job is working with, like you said, well, you work on the consumer side, but you work mostly in developing educational pieces and research. So you don't really have a direct connection to the consumer or do you at any point? Um, Not really, unless I get you know, a random email here and there, or I'll have a dietitian email me a question about, you know, the content of, you know, potassium or how much, you know, phosphorus is in a cut of meat because they have a dialysis patient or something like that. So I'd say a couple times a week I get, you know, some question like that or something from a health professional wanting, you know, whether it's more um, handouts or, you know, resources. Um, I would say I split my time probably 50%, 50% working with the research side, um, and then 50% um, working with directly with dietitians or education or you know consumer fact sheet side or recipes things like that. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely split in half. I would say. So you have, I mean, so you do a lot of different things. So yeah. maybe describe to me just that you do the variety of different things. But say you work with other dietitians, mm-hmm. what does that look like? How do you help other dietitians with your current business? Sure. So. I'll do different events. So this summer, for example, in June, I did a farm tour to show dietitians, really give them that hands-on experience of what really goes on in a swine barn or, you know, um, pig farm, I guess you could call it. And because everyone kind of has that concept of what farmers do, but sometimes until you really step into their shoes and get, you know, that first, you know, hands-on experience, um, it's made a little more clear. Mm -hmm. And because a lot... I feel like lately or, you know, within the last few years, there's kind of been some criticism on farmers. Maybe not, um, you know, everyone thinks of factory farming or GMOs or things like that when that's really not the case. You know, I'd say like 90 some percent of um, farms, all farms, whether it's crop or livestock, are family owned. You know, they might be a bigger family owned farm, but their majority of them are family owned. And so um, with a lot of criticism out there, people just wanting to know where their food's coming from, they're kind of turning to the health professionals. Research that we've done shows that um, between doctors, nurses, and dietitians, they're the top three that are the trusted resource when people are asking questions about not only food, health, but you know where their food comes from. And so um, I guess my thinking is why not educate those health influencers mm-hmm. that are talking to our consumers I'm not, I can't be out there talking to everyone. So can't hit everybody. Yeah. Just one of you. Just one of me. <laughs> and so, for example, I took um, like 12 dietitians on a, you know, it was a couple day farm tour, but there was more to it than that. So we spent a day on the farm. The process is we had to shower, you have to shower in um, before you go into the pig barn because just like you would, because it was a nursery. So just like before you go see a new baby, you know, mm-hmm. before you hold the baby, you got to wash your hands. Well, we didn't, you know, the 
farms are very bio, you know, conscious of biosecurity. And so it was a whole process of like taking a shower and we gave them these, you know, overalls and coveralls and fresh undergarments. Oh, um, wow. so that way they were all clean when they went into this nursery in the farrowing barns. Um, sounds a lot scarier than it is. It's really not that bad. The whole showering <laughs> process. Um, so for example, they got to actually help like sows, um, deliver babies. And so that was a really neat experience for them. And just to see how, um, you know, the farmers take care of their pigs, just like when, you know, moms have new babies, um, making sure everything's, you know, the nurses help make sure we're all healthy and things like that. Then they got to see just how um, intricate a feeding they have. So just like a growing human being, different, you know, nutrients and contents are given to, um, you know, d- based off the age of the pig, you know, they're given different calorie needs and um, things like that, protein needs. Or just like moms, you know, pregnant moms, you know, they get different, you know, calorie needs. So they got to really see just what kind of, you know, health care these um, pigs are getting. Um, and then the other half of the pro- event that we did, we spent time at the University of Iowa doing like hands-on cooking demonstrations. So we fabricated a hog so they could see exactly where mm-hmm. all the cuts come from mm-hmm. on the um, pig. And then um, worked with different recipes and different, you know, ethnic dishes, whether it was like an Asian cuisine or Italian or, you know, Hispanic, things like that, just to get different ideas, not always using, um, like pork is center of the plate, but thinking of it as an ingredient, whether it's, you know, a taco or it can an, be anything. an egg roll or yeah, just how versatile it is. So that was really neat experience for them. They really enjoyed that. So that's like one way educating them on, you know, production of pork from, um, you know, being on the farm to recipes, how to different incorporate different cuts of pork. Um, another event I do is um, out in Napa Valley, which you've had the pleasure of I attending, <laughs> St. Helena, California event, where it's really um, kind of like a two and a half day deep dive in you know pretty much all that everything that's pork from the research side to the production side to the hands on cooking. Again, fabricating the hog um, and just recipe development, you know, having conversations, you know, and then, of course, maybe having indulging a little wine. <laughs> you are so, in Napa, so. Those are a couple examples of um, how I educate. Um, I do spend a lot of time just meeting with dietitians and talking to them about, um, you know, the research we've done and how pork fits into a healthy lifestyle. So kind of depends on the year. Again, depends on our budget. depends on... Um, kind of what the needs are that we're kind of hearing as of late, you know, I'd say the last couple of years, it's really been the interest of where food comes from. How can we help educate, you know, these health influencers who consumers are really looking to for answers, not only where their food comes from, but about their food, how to eat healthier. So, um, I think most dietitians are, you know, pretty aware of lean cuts of healthy pork, mm-hmm. but it's like, what do I do with it? How do you know? How do I make it quick, easy recipes? How do I communicate this to consumers? And then if they do have those questions about sustainability or environmental impact, things like that, most dietitians um, we, we like to know what we're talking about, mm-hmm. right? So we don't want to be caught off guard. And I think they're getting a lot of those questions, whether it's at retail or just in general private practice, um, or throughout the community, or your neighbor, you know, comes next door asks and asks you what about this? exactly. You know, people look to dietitians just to kind of have all the answers, right? So they like to be um, well-informed. So I feel like they're pretty eager to, um, you know, learn about this kind of, I mean, because this isn't really something that, you know, five years ago was necessarily in our scope of practice. And now sustainability and environmental impact has really kind of been thrown at us. So it's kind of up to us to, you know, the ball's rolling. So we got to keep up with it and you know, whether it's we educate ourselves or, you know, look to our peers, um, and it's not going away. <laughs> no, and that's probably a huge role for you. Then that's probably why the pork board has a dietitian just for that yeah. purpose to field those kind of questions and concerns. And so I've been there seven years and I would say, you know, the first few years it was really, I got to talk a lot about the profile of pork and recipes and the health benefits and, um, you know, the research. And, you know, I'd say within the last few years, the conversation has really changed. And I think that's partly because of the consumer, you know, asking these questions. And so, yes, my job has changed, um, you know, looking to do more farm tours and with dietitians and things like that um, and talking more on sustainability and educating more on, um, you know, where our food comes from. And I never had to do that in the beginning. In the beginning. So, yeah, the job has definitely evolved, but I think it's because the consumers, the millennial population is aging and these are, you know, these are consumers that are asking these questions, whereas, you know, the baby boomers, you know, grew up very familiar with farming. So it's not something that, you know, is foreign to them. They understand it. So I think it's just the change of the consumer 
And I don't know, maybe you see that a lot in the grocery store, or the retail setting that you just different questions or mm-hmm. different products that are, you know, evolving. I think it's just, it's just what it is. And, you know, I'm sure someday it'll come full circle again where <laughs> probably <laughs> we're all back farming. Where we'll all be aged <laughs> and, you know, it won't be, a, it won't be an issue, um, you know, topic of conversation as much as it is. And even on menus, you know, you see like, you know, sustainable choice or, mm-hmm. you know, source you know, sourced from sustainable farming or something like that. I mean, that's not something we ever used to see in menus. So yeah, definitely a different consumer out there. Do you feel like, do you have to find out those trends on your own? Are you the one doing the research on the trends and what people are asking questions about to gear your direction of your job each year? Um, no, I think it's just kind of those, it just evolves, you know, maybe like three year, three years ago, kind of the millennials was on the millennial population was kind of flagged as a, you know, the trending consumer. And so I think it's just overall con- consumer trends that are out there. It's not necessarily just specific to pork board. I think a lot of different food industries um, are having the same, um, not necessarily issues, but mm-hmm. looking to the same trends or what's, you know, you know, kale was a big thing sure. going on. And <laughs> I feel like it's going to be around for a while. And same with bacon. Bacon's kind of been super trendy, though, I'd say the last five years and probably yeah, will continue to be. you? As a dietitian <laughs> with bacon being trendy and working for yeah. the board. <laughs> I don't have to tell anyone to uh, eat more bacon. <laughs> <They're already> <laughs> they do that, that on their own. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I don't, I, I wouldn't say I have to do the research. I just think it's kind of the trends that kind of continually evolve. We definitely just, you know, being informed and keeping mm-hmm. up to speed, you know, I can do that through, you know, just reading and articles and um, different research from, you know, whether it's Consumer Reports or Phil mm-hmm. Lempert's a, he is a, he's actually a very up to speed retail um, dietitian that he's not the dietitian, but he works a lot with retail dietitians and food trends. So, you know, he's someone that um, I continually follow. So, so you have to just kinda, being aware. Yeah. yeah. You have to kind of keep up and Absolutely. Read and see yeah. what's going on. And I, of course, rely on people like you, retail dietitians, telling me that, you know, I like to use retail dietitians as a resource too. What kind of questions are they getting from consumers? Mm-hmm. And, you know, what's the biggest, um, you know, pushback when it comes to meat, even, you know, the whole meatless Monday that's kind of been sticking around. You know, why sure. do people, do people feel like that's healthier if they, you know, skip a day of eating meat type of thing? So I use, of course, retail dietitians or dietitians in general as resources too. As, I think that's interesting. As a dietitian, you use dietitians. Yeah, as absolutely. Right? Which is good because yeah. I think we all should use our, each other as resources. For sure. But. And always picking brains, you know, our colleagues' brains about, um, you know, what would be helpful. So as me as a, in the food industry, what can I do to help, you know, you – you know, serve your clients better, Mm -hmm. you know, what are useful resources? I don't want to just create some fact sheet, send it out to dietitians and, you know, it's just a waste of time or waste of resources if Mm -hmm. it's not useful. So it's, I like to use dietitians as resources because A, they're the ones that I'm educating, working with, who are then in turn working with the consumers. So help each other work. spread that message. Yeah, absolutely. Do you, you work for, do you work for the pork producers or how does your, just as a, mm-hmm. in your job, how does that work? So the National Pork Board represents all pork producers across the state. I think there's 44 affiliates, so not every state is a pork producing state. Um, so essentially we work for the producers, but as the National Pork Board, um, you know, we have a CEO and a CEO and then, you know, it goes down the line. So mm-hmm. um, it's actually a <clears throat> pretty diverse place. We have like a science and technology department that has a lot of veterinarians and um animal welfare people. Then we have a marketing department and um, producer services department, communications department. So there's a whole mix of backgrounds, whether um, specifically tied to egg or not. You know, uh, we, you know, I grew up on a farm, but um, in the 80s, we stopped farming and um, I guess you could say moved to the city, a big town of DeWitt, <laughs> you know, 5,000 people. But um, so I kind of had that tie to agriculture, but I, you know, we didn't really uh, raise livestock, so Mm -hmm. it was kind of new to me. You know, I hadn't really known a lot about the swine industry, but um, growing up in an egg, you know, related, you know, little town, I was familiar with farming. Mm -hmm. A lot of my friends farmed, so 
Um, there's a lot of people at the pork board who do have ties to the egg industry, you know, growing up or they don't, you know, they could, it could be new to them too. So I kind of wonder It's pretty that. diverse. Yeah. yeah. I kind of wonder It's not a rule. You have to like grow up on a farm <laughs> to work there. you grow there. up on a farm? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you have, you can work here. Yeah, you exactly. You yeah. No. Cause you would think that there would, you need to have a little bit of knowledge of working in the egg industry too. But again, it's a business as exactly. well. So that's exactly it. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. that's an interesting take on it. So do you when you think about your job currently, do you feel like as a dietitian you're just using different aspects of your education or do you feel like you really are using a lot of what you learned in school? Yeah, I would say so going back to the internship, I learned more, I'd say um as an intern doing the hands-on work and maybe that's just me because that's how I learn, like I learn visually and doing it and hands-on whereas put me in a classroom, take a test. I might forget it in, you know, in a week. So yes, the school knowledge background was good, but I say, I would say in my internship is really where I felt like I just soaked it all up. And that year experience, I felt like I learned more in a year than I had in, you know, three or four years of school. Mm And, um, and then each job is just different, you know, with the WIC, it was, you learn with your clients and, you know, that need, you know, their checks, kind of what they're in there for. You can tell who's really interested. You can tell who's just going through the, you know, steps to get what they need. So you learn how to basically um, adapt to each situation. You know, each client's going to be different, you know. And then going to the pork board, not working directly with the consumers, you adapt to, well, how do the researchers want to be, you know, worked with? Some are really good about getting back to you. Some, you know, you have to like hunt down and beg them for their final report type (laughs) of thing. So you just kind of adapt. But as far as dietetics, I would say I'm definitely using both degrees in my Mm -hmm. current position, which is really neat because it's not always something, um, I never thought I'd really use my marketing degree all that much after I went into the field of dietetics. And um, I would say I definitely use it a lot. Um, I was in the marketing department at Pork Board, but was recently moved over to the science and technology um, department um, just based off some changes in the um, uh, at the Pork Board. So, And it's not that all, all that different. I was working half and half with each department anyway, and I'll continue to do that. But I would say I use my marketing a lot more than I ever thought I would um, in this current position. And then as far as dietetics, I would say... I'm educating the dietitian, so I would say I'm using a lot more of, you know, the science aspect sure. um, in that in that position, more so than I probably did um, at the clinical or at WIC, so. Do you kind of think dietitians should consider a business degree or a marketing degree alongside their dietetics mm-hmm. degree? Yeah, so actually every year the Iowa State asked me, the um, dietetics club has asked me to um, present to students each year. And the only reason I didn't do it last year because I was on maternity leave. But um, so I've spoken with them several times. And one thing I always recommend is if you're thinking about like a dual degree or continuing, um, you know, in a master's or PhD, I'm not saying I don't recommend like a master's in nutrition or anything like that. But I think you're more marketable if you have, say, a dietetics degree and then maybe you do like a master's in business or mm-hmm. a master's in public health or you have a dual degree of marketing or business or you know something and your dietetics degree and the only reason I say that is because I just think you're more marketable and it just opens more doors because if you would have asked me you know 10 years ago <laughs> do you think you'll work on a pork board and be a yeah. dietitian for the <laughs> National Pork Board? I'd be like, no, you're crazy, you know, but... Yeah, never would have thought of that. You know, I think maybe having that dual degree in different backgrounds, not just the focus on nutrition, has really helped not only open more doors, but just more experience um, in different roles. So I think it is really helpful to have not only a dietetics degree, but then that different background, whether it's business or public health or, you know some, you know, other medical field or even psychology or something. I Mm -hmm. think it just adds, makes you more marketable, especially if you don't know what you really want to do. 
Well, and so. you're like your dad said. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt it anything. Doesn't hurt. And obviously, like you said, you had no idea you're going to work for the pork board, I didn't. and you didn't know that you were going to use both of those entities, Mm-mm. and no. you do every day. Absolutely, and that's yeah. a huge bonus. And then now you're talking, you know, for the future of you, you love doing some personal training, and you yeah. love kind of that aspect of maybe doing some things that way. So tell me more about that. So how'd you get interested in personal training and fitness? And um, yes, I've always kind of been an athlete and into the whole working out. Um, so in high school, I was a four-sport athlete. Last year, I was inducted into our Hall of Fame for you were? athletics. Oh, my God. For what did you what did you play? Um, so basketball was, like, my my love. So, was it? Yeah, I loved basketball. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> That's a big deal to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. Um, and then, I don't know, I played volleyball, basketball, track, and softball in oh high my, school. Did you just play sports 24? I like, did. So then I didn't have to get year. a job. <laughs> Sorry, I can't get That's a job. True. I have to I go have to practice. <laughs> that was smart. I, I like know. That. You see? Always thinking. <laughs> well, they had to induct you. You played every sport in the high school. And it's funny because I missed the ceremony because I was too busy giving birth. So. Oh, you were. Was it really when you were <laughs> yeah. having a child? <laughs> and so it was so cute. Our athletic um, director, you know, I had I had told him prior, like, there's a chance. This is right around my due sure. date that I won't be able to make it. <laughs> And so literally that week I went into labor. It was like on a, I, on Tuesday and on Thursday was the ceremony. And so he held up a picture of Jack and he's like, you know, said this is the Aww. reason why she couldn't be here. And I said it would be the only reason why I wouldn't have to miss this, you know, because no it was a big honor. So, um, um well, yeah, I would say Jack was worth missing it for. Sure, but. absolutely. He was just another, you know, reason why you're inducted into the yeah, Hall of Fame. Exactly. Your mom. So the point is, is once I graduated, um, I'd always, you know, continued to play intramurals and work out and things like that, and always just interested me. And I toyed with um, actually doing the dual degree at Iowa State. They have like a exercise physiology and um, dietetics degree that you can do at the same time, but. Um, Again, it was just one of those things where I have these two years. I just want to get through the two years of core nutrition. Exactly. And so I remember thinking, well, I'll just get my, you know, personal training certificate after I'm done. And of course, you know, life happens and it gets away from you. And (laughs) I don't remember why, but when I thought, oh, I have, you know, a four month old, why not go back to school (laughs) and work full time? It's like, seriously, who does that? So I did a, like a nine week program through the National Academy of Sports um, Medicine, and it's an online thing. So because you can do self-study programs, mm-hmm. and I just knew I wouldn't be that motivated, so like I needed something on, to keep like me on track. On. Yeah. And so, you know, this online program had, like, quizzes and homework and tests, and so I knew if I did it that way, I would get through it. And so I did that for a few months, and then um, I think I took my boards in May and passed, and then I haven't really done much with it since. <laughs> But you have it done. I do. And so it's just one more thing where it's like, how can I incorporate this? And so actually it's really been helpful through um, some of the research that we're doing with the Pork Board has incorporated a lot of, um, so we're looking at um, more protein at meals. So there's this theory out there that having 30 grams of protein at breakfast, lunch, and dinner helps maintain more muscle mass and your body uses the protein amino acids um, better than it typical American diet is maybe like 10 grams of protein at breakfast and maybe like 20 or 30 at lunch. And then you have like 60 or 70 grams at dinner. And so the concept of spreading the uh, grams of protein out throughout the day more evenly, incorporating it with like a resistance training um, to see the effects of that on the body. And so, I mean, having that little bit of knowledge background with the personal training and how, you know, your muscles work and you know, use the nutrients of your bot that you're taking in. So it's actually kind of, you know, been helpful having that little bit of extra knowledge through the research. But, um, I think just someday too, just having that again, I think I miss the one-on-one can, you know, the interaction with people. And so whether it's through exercise or just wanting to, you know, be healthier, whether it's with food or both or Mm -hmm. so, I think that's what interests me. and So maybe someday doing some like personal training on yeah, the side. Yeah, so stay tuned. Maybe someday <laughs> when we talk again. I'll... Your, we'll be, yeah, you'll be like a fitness guru. and Maybe someday. You'll have yeah. your own gym, maybe in your new house. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you can train me. Yeah, come down to my basement. It's a pa- blast from the past in the 80s. Is it? <laughs> yeah. We're working on the upstairs first. Well, we could, be, we could wear leotards and like sweatpants. There you sweatpants go. And- <laughs> 
Listen to some good aerobics. Yeah. Sweating to the oldies. Oh my gosh. What's that thigh lady? Oh, the thigh master. Yeah. I don't remember her name, but you do that. Blonde hair. (laughs) So you love that aspect of physical. That's awesome to know that you're an athlete too, that you do have that passion for. And it's interesting how you said it still ties back to, you know, being a dietitian in your current job. And I have heard a lot about their research and that their protein is becoming a really Mm -hmm. big thing right now too. So Everything's coming full circle. It is. And I feel like any little extra knowledge or education I'm take, you know, that I get it somehow I can tie it back to, you know, fit into the fitness or health aspect. So don't be surprised if like someone tells you like business degree is good with your dietetics or your psychology degree because of think of, you know, especially if you're interested in like eating disorders and that kind of therapy, Mm -hmm. a lot of that is, you know, psychology. So I think having that like extra, you know, there's a dual degree or another focus definitely. Um, and like you said, like your makes you more marketable. Too. Yeah. You know, you can specialize and get a exactly. little bit more education that way without Absolutely. having to go back and get a two year degree. <clears throat> exactly. Master's. There's so much online, you know, just extra educational courses or just doing, you know, associates of something. Um, there's, you know, it's so easily accessed these days. It's the, internet those interwebs <laughs> I hear <Those> about <laughs> I have a feeling you'll be you'll be doing something else probably school I think it Maybe. sounds like you kind of like school too like you like that education <laughs> I, I do aspect. I like to learn yes and of course I think let's just do it at the busiest time of your life yeah <laughs> what else do you have going on why not <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and do you have any family like just thinking about I think about dietitians mm-hmm. and usually there's something in their family or you know like you were part of a farming yeah. you know, family, but is there any like family connection to nutrition or? Yeah. So I was kind of the black sheep when I got <laughs> my marketing degree. Cause my dad's a vet veterinarian. My little okay. brother is, he just, he's a veterinarian. He's one year now who is, he just graduated in December. So he's been at it for a year now. So he's like a legit veterinarian. <laughs> yeah. My mom is a chiropractor. And then my older brother is also a chiropractor out in Denver. He works a lot with the pro athletes out there. Oh, and wow. so they're very, you know, medical focused. So when I got a business degree, they're all like, mm, <laughs> what now what? <laughs> yeah. No, of course they were supportive. So, um, I think the whole, you know, science, interest and just, you know, how the human body works or, you know, just the anatomy of whether it's a mammal. Um, we've just always grown up with it. And so I knew it interested me. I just wasn't sure which direction mm. of that, you know, science background I wanted and kind of figured it out along the way. It takes sure. time. Well, yeah. I mean, I went to back to school. I was, I was one of the older girls in the guys, <laughs> girls, guys in the class. You know, I was like, when, when I went back to school, I think it was like 25 or 26 oh. or something, mm-hmm. you know? So back then, everybody was, you know, 22. I was always like three or four years older than everyone. So, mm-hmm. But you had a business degree. So. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's never too late to maybe someday no. I'll go back to school and be something different. I don't know. <laughs> well, and that's, I think a lot of, I, I kind of did the same thing you did. I yeah. went for biology and it's kind of like, I don't think you do quite know until you exactly. get to a certain yeah. age and you're like, okay, this makes sense. Yeah. So it sounds like your path was, it all worked out the way it should for you. You just figure it out along the way. Sure. Might take a little longer to get there, but <laughs> and it's still always transitioning yeah, too. You know, exactly. it's not something that just set in stone. So I think that you exactly. have a good message about that too. Like it's never too late to it's go. It's never too late. Different. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. So nope. That's a good thing. Yeah. So thinking back to even internship days currently, tell me your favorite dietitian story. Do you have one that oh you can think of that it could be funny, it could be serious, it could be, you know, you might have to pull out a. One from your internship or... Well, you know what? On my, in my internship, um, I always was amazed at how much the dietitians knew. Like, they were so smart. And I remember, like, a lot of the doctors would, like, go to them um, for advice. And I think, I want to say, and I can't remember her name. This is terrible because I was always so amazed by her. I want to say she went on to be a PA because she was just so, so, just so sharp and just... I feel when I meet a lot of dietitians, and this isn't just, you know, a specific story, but I feel like when I meet a lot of our colleagues, I'm always amazed by how smart they are and how, you know, I always, sometimes I feel intimidated. It's like, gosh, I, I work with a lot and not directly work with, but, you know, a lot of our peers are really, really intelligent men and women. And I'm always amazed by how much knowledge they bring to the table, how much, you know, um, passion you know, not only for just food, but just in general, um, being healthier, 
you know, making the world a healthier place. I think that's one thing that sticks out about our profession is just how wicked, smart, talented, <laughs> and, you know, knowledgeable they are. And so I'm always amazed, especially like events, you know, like Fincy, just or networking events that bring a whole host of dietitians together. I'm always super impressed. And with the age of social media and, you know, Twitter and Instagram and all that, um, sometimes it's nice just to have that face-to-face conversation because I feel like we get into so much of the social media and mm-hmm. you see them through a small screen that when you get dietitians around a table and have that one-on-one interaction, you know, face-to-face, it kind of blows me away just how, just how good we are at our profession. Absolutely. I'm really, I'm, I'm still amazed by and impressed and intimidated sometimes just by how good how good some of y'all are. <laughs> well, and you, you get to meet a lot of different dietitians too. Yeah, and you exactly. Meet dietitians from all over, don't you? All facets of, I mean, from, you know, universities to retail to, you know, just working in the community to food service. And they all are just super knowledgeable. And um, I'm always super impressed. And I think that's one of the most fun parts about my job is just how diversified our field is, mm-hmm. how much you, you know, you can essentially do anything with this profession and, you know, having the dietetics degree. I met one gentleman this summer. Um, he works, you know, in the army, um, you know, with, with the troops and making them, you know, healthier individuals. Mm -hmm. And I, and I thought to myself, like, I've not, I haven't, A, I haven't met someone that works that closely with them. And it was, um, I don't know. I just feel like they were like, wow, that's an interesting, I know you just think about all these facets and where this profession can take you. It's really I mean, it's exciting. Yeah, the world the world is your oyster. You can pretty much do whatever you want with it. Mm-hmm. That's what I think is so interesting and amazing. So well, and you're part of that because I think a lot of people probably think the same thing about you. Yeah, there's a lot of people that don't know. Oh, yeah, there's a dietitian at the exactly. National Park Board, and she does work with all these mm-hmm. other people, and she does do research, and she does do presentations, right. and she does all this different stuff that is very key to making us successful Absolutely. in our jobs too. So. You're a big part of that. So just remember that. People probably look, people I'm sure look at you and say, gosh, she's super smart. She knows what she's doing and I need to use her as a resource. Make it till you make it. (laughs) Well, I do have some fun questions for you. So these are, again, these aren't as serious as a dietitian question, but what's your favorite food? Oh my gosh. Um... Well, when I was pregnant, I ate ice cream every single day with <laughs> avocado. That's so weird, right? Mixed together. <laughs> Sometimes. You need some good omega-3 fatty acids or something. I, I, I tell my husband that's why our son's so smart, because <laughs> ice cream and avocado a day. Jack, you are smart because you had avocados um, every day. I really love me some sushi. Sushi. Yeah. I do really you have a favorite do. place that you go to? Um, I like Haiku over in... Um, here in Drake area. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. But it's so far away, so I don't always make it over there. But <laughs> it's a treat. Oh my gosh. It's so good. I do love sushi. I mean, I, I love You love food. I you love food. food. I can't like just pick one. <laughs> if I had to pick like a cuisine, cuisine like the Asian, Japanese That's cuisine. Oh my gosh. I could eat that every day. Yeah. What's your least favorite food? Oh, lima beans. And to this day, I blame my mom because they used to feed it to us all the time. She's, I fed it to you like three times. I, mm, I hate me some lima beans. Like, no, no never. No. <laughs> What's your favorite drink? I like a good red wine, but I've really been on this rosé kick lately. You know, like the little blush wines. Is that from now? Liz, was that, that's been trendy too. I yeah. think the rosé has been kind of trendy mm-hmm, That's kind of where I've sampled it and I just really have been enjoying it. <laughs> Do you have a certain brand that you like? Any, any of the French ones are fabulous. Are fabulous. I feel snobby right now, <laughs> French wine. <No. laughs> hey, you know, you get to a point where you, if you eat food and taste food, you Yeah, you get to your late progress. 30s and you start affording it. I don't have to drink Coors Light anymore. <laughs> I mean, I like Coors Light though. I do like Coors Light. <laughs> What's What's your least favorite drink? Uh, Bush Light. <laughs> well, I just can't. Probably because we drank it too much when we were, were younger. College. That happens. That happens. What's your favorite smell? Mm, fresh, clean laundry. 
Like that linen smell. Mm-hmm. When someone else does it too, of course, right? <laughs> yeah, my mom does all our laundry most of the time because we she, never do it. Thanks, mom. You're I the know. Best. She is the best. Mom, if you're listening, thank you. I love you. The laundry smells great. <laughs> What's your least favorite smell? Mm, diapers. <laughs> you're at that point. Dirty in diapers. <laughs> yeah. um, you have them everywhere all the time. You know what smell I do hate is that, um, like, fish sauce smell when you're cooking sure yeah yeah i don't enjoy that's why you need to go out for your asian yeah i know (laughs) i know (laughs) i know do you have a guilty pleasure that you like when it comes to food Mm, all of it yeah (laughs) ice cream and avocados yes (laughs) cheese i could eat me a block of cheese (laughs) do you have a favorite kind of cheese that you like um like a dry aged cheddar aged cheddar with a rosé with a (laughs) rosé I know what I'm going to get you for your next gift. <laughs> Show up at your house with, well, then we'll do, we'll work out in the basement. Yes, thank you. We have some crazy, crazy plaid linoleum we need to work on. And um, like crazy hot pink striped wallpaper. Oh, it needs help. <laughs> well, at least it's out of sight. I'm just staying upstairs for now. <laughs> so if <clears throat> listeners want to get a hold of you for just resources when it comes to being dietitian mm-hmm. with the National Pork Board, how does anyone get a hold of you? Yeah, best way is email or calling me. So my email is ahuseth, so A-H-U-S-E-T-H at pork.org, O-R-G. And um, my number, well, I don't. It's usually email the best. Yeah, email is the best, sure. yeah. And I can put that on our show So I was going to say, too. I'm not always in my office. So. Sure. Because you, you do travel a lot. I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the office a lot, too, so... Mm-hmm. Well, we will definitely share that with our listeners. And thanks for spending time with me today and have a wonderful holiday. Thank you. I enjoyed it so much. Thank you. Every time I'm with Adria, we always have a great time and conversation. I learned so many new things about her path, and I can tell why her business degree combined with her dietetics degree has made her so successful. She's a great resource with the National Pork Board, so please reach out to her for her expertise. I want to thank Jolly Time for supplying my guests with snacks and samples. Jolly Time Healthy Pop is available in a variety of flavors and sizes, all of which that are low in fat and high on deliciousness. Did you know that just three cups of Jolly Time popcorn equals one whole grain serving? Jolly Time is family owned and located in Sioux City, Iowa. If you want to learn more, visit jollytime.com for more information and to print high-value, money-saving coupons. Snack smarter and snack happy with Jolly Time Popcorn. Please go to annelizabethrd.com where my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, is available and you can find all the show notes and links to the things we talked about and connect with me. Let me know what you think about the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at annelizabethrd. Remember to be great always, find the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters.